So my topic of choice was President Pickle. In this argument, it talks about President Pickle, where he has one group of students who believe that hate speech should be banned. The other group says that it should not be banned. The side that says that it should be banned claims that it distracts students from learning, um, while the side that disagrees that it should that it should not be banned thinks that all ideas should be welcome. And this is where you learn about what a bad argument is anyway. So why why ban it? So according to the NCAC analysis, there's an um, article called Hate Speech in Schools. It's written by Joanne E. Burton and explains uh, where he explains where she explains that the problem lies where schools must educate their students in a non-discriminatory basis, prevent harassment that interferes with their educational route, and encourages them to socialize in diversity. So in general, there has been laws that have been put out, such as Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1962 and um, Title IX of the Education Amendment of 1972. Um, uh, Title VI claims that no person in the United States shall, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or subjected to discrimination under any program of activity um, receiving federal financial assistance. So that's like school programs, right? On the other hand, others argue that offensiveness is in the eye of the beholder. What that means is that offense, if a person says something that you you think might be hate speech, it is not. The person saying it is not accountable for the feelings that are received on the other end uh, from obviously the person who is receiving the what they claim to be the hate speech. So um, this argument also claims that you can't be objection. You can't be a uh, you can't just ban what's objectionable. Right. So instead of um, the the author of this article claims that instead of trying to ban it, you should just focus on education and teaching students how to um, how to carry out a civil debate, right? And teaching them about the First Amendment, of course. So according to another article called Hate Speech is Showing Up in Schools, Censorship Isn't the Answer by um, Hatter Harris and Mary Beth Tinker, um, they, they give examples of the opposite. So they say that there's been a lot of instances where hate speech has only been um, had consequences for certain groups of people. So, for example, um, one example that they give is that um, in one school, and this was um, on the news and everything, in one school, um, two, two African-American students were penalized for not... Um, kneeling on the national anthem, they were banned from their high school football team. Whereas on another, in another school, there was a group of boys, um, a group of white students taking a pre-prom picture, and in that pre-prom -pre picture, they were doing the Nazi salute, and they were actually defended by their district, claiming that that was freedom of speech. Right, so they just kind of um, accentuate the differences in races in how the different races deal with the consequences of hate speech. Um, so another article written by Lori Fickman called Racial Discrimination Linked to Suicide um, talks about how suicide is very prevalent among the black community and she believes that it is because of the racism that they endured. Um, one of the statistics was that 3,000 black Americans die each year by suicide 
And then according to um, another journal written by John uh, Greenberg, that's called 10 Examples That Prove White Privilege Exists in Every Aspect Imaginable, um, it compares, you know, white privilege. So on one end of it, there he, he, he shows how the headlines will kind of favor the white population. For example, um, when talking about the man who shot, um, who brought a gun into the movie theater and shot a bunch of victims, that that headline said, um, "Man who sh man shoots um, theater is brilliant in, in science." Whereas when referring to the Michael Brown situation, where an unarmed black male was shot by a police officer, they say, "Man who who recently got into argument with police officer gets shot." So you could see the differences in how the white man was kind of glorified in a way. So how do we understand this issue? Um, I think it's a social issue that has affected politics. Um, it's a very serious issue, I would say, because there have been so many things that have that this issue has caused in the past year, just in the past year. For example, the Black Lives Matter protests where people... Um, you know, there's two ends of the stick for that, really, because um, there's people who did very peaceful protests and there were other people who did, you know, harm businesses and and um, and that. And on the other hand, there's white supremacists who invaded the Capitol and killed police officers at those riots. So um, it's been a very serious issue. Um, so what I, I what I take on this is that hate speech should have limitations. Schools should be able to distinguish between racism and hate speech, and people who do deliver hate speech should have serious consequences for that. So I'm just going to give a personal example. Um, so I was in I was a senior in high school in my AP literature class when we were having a debate on whether illegal immigration should be allowed or not. Um, in this debate, one of my one of my peers gave his opinion, which was that it should not be legal, that, well, that it should, that they should be deported, right? That illegal um, immigrants should be deported. And he delivered that very articulately, very scholarly. And then after he finished, he said, he said, send those dirty Mexicans home, where after that, you know, people got riled up, three more kids joined in on him, and they started chanting, build the wall, build the wall. And me, being a Hispanic woman, um, that bothered me a lot, and that affected my education that day, because I didn't want to listen in class. I didn't want to hear the other side. I was just kind of tunnel visioned on the fact that it was such a tense situation and how uncomfortable I felt. Um, in that environment. So I would say that that wasn't a good learning environment because of the hate speech that was delivered that day. Um, I do think that normalizing um, controversial debates in class while having boundaries for discrimination can teach students uh, what's appropriate to say and how to act when there are disagreements because um, I do think that it should be something that's normalized to have those debates, but it shouldn't always be on paper. A lot of the times we have uh, debates that are 
that are written. And so a teacher will say, you know, write your opinions on this. I think that if there should be more verbal communication on debates in class so that people from a young age learn where the tension lies and how their their verbal communication can have a lot more impact. So, um, yes, I do believe that debate should be an open, top, open topic of discussion, but not just through assignments. There should be debates... We should have been having those debates so that people learn what's appropriate and um, how to say things from a younger age than we did because we started doing that when there was elections. So it should be something that should be taught from a very young age, in my opinion.